720 WGN. Hey, Corey, what's happening? How are you? John, I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm better. When I found out you were coming on, I'll tell you that. I said, well, oh, right back at you. Right yeah, back at you, friend. Uh, so, <clears throat> huge article that you put together, a literally hour-by-hour hour timeline of Queen Elizabeth II and Prince Philip, uh, July 6, 1959. Um, yeah. And... I was reading the article, and, you know, it's it's a sad thing. I mean, I, I have to say, obviously, when anyone passes away, uh, that's a very sad thing for that family. And I, have, I, w- I was a little surprised at uh, this little twinge of emotion that I had earlier today when I heard the Queen had passed away. Um, not that I'm a big, what, fan of royalty, so to speak. I guess that's one way of putting it. And certainly she's, you know, was in her mid, like, what, 96 years old, and, it's not to be. It's not unexpected when someone of that age passes away. But I, I don't know. It was just sort of a a little tug at an emotional string that caught me a little by surprise. I must say, because yeah. you know, as pointed out, she's the was rather the longest reigning monarch in the history of England, and that's saying quite a bit right there. So I mean, as long as I've been alive, she's been the queen, and all of a sudden, it's just like oh. Well, what do you know about that? Hmm. A little emotional tug, but um, totally. You, know, it, you think about all the history that that's lost with that too. I mean, she was alive and working during World War Two. You know, yeah. the way she came to the throne was so fascinating. Um, yeah, I I agree. I think there's yeah, it's interesting living in the United States, which you know was founded to get away from the monarchy. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I still True. find myself fascinated because all of the tradition that goes on, it's kind of like when a Pope dies to me, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of pomp and circumstance and specific oh. protocol that's followed yeah. in this way. Um, so yeah, I'm fascinated by all of that. And, you know, I've got some texts here, 312 phone line, text line, people, how come there's no one talking about how she was mean to Princess Di, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know, every... I'm sure that'll all be rehashed somewhere sometime in the future. And, you know, that's sort of ancient history itself, quite frankly. And, and you don't, this would not be the day that you would lead with that kind of attitude anyway. And every family's got its own crap, so to speak. I don't know right. their issues and stuff. And they just happen right. to play, play theirs out in public. That's all. Um and you know what's kind of ironic, John, is it was just last week, the Vintage Chicago Newsletter, Vintage Chicago Tribune Newsletter that I put together for last week was all about Princess Diana, because just last week was the 25th anniversary of her death. Right. Uh, ironic, to say the least. Um, yeah. So let's go to, well, first of all, let's take a break, because I, I got 14 minutes after the hour. Corey's going to be with us uh, for the remainder of this hour. And this is a great timeline that she's put together uh, in the Tribune about this one day, uh, July 6, 1959, with the Queen and Prince Philip. And there's great detail in here as to where they were, at what time, what they were wearing, what they ate, whether or not her, her stilettos, no, her heels... Match the what is the term I'm looking for here? The, um, the st- 
the stiletto guidelines or some ridiculous comment that someone made. Uh, I didn't even know there were stiletto guidelines, but we'll we'll get to that and more, including an emergency trip to the dentist. I mean, it's uh, there's a lot more to this than meets the eye or ear in this case. Uh, we'll be back with more on 720 WGN. Uh, Beatle fans will uh, and music fans will recognize that particular track as the final track on the Beatles' uh, Abbey Road album, I believe. As his mind goes blank. Uh, 19 minutes after 8 o'clock with John Landecker at 720 WGN. Uh, on with Corey Rumor from the Chicago Tribune. Uh, Queen Elizabeth passing away earlier today. And Corey, who minds the archives of the Trib, has put together a very fascinating timeline of Queen Elizabeth in Chicago on July 6th, 1959. So they were part of a, you know, the, the Royals go on these huge tours around the world. And I guess they were on quite an excursion. I You wrote about Eisenhower and the uh, St. Lawrence Seaway and being in Canada and then finally coming here, right? Yeah. I mean, this was fascinating. They were traveling aboard... I believe it's pronounced the Britannia. Um, Britannia, yeah. Britannia, uh, this giant ship. And, yeah, they visited every, I think in Canada, they're called, are they called provinces in Canada? They're not called states. No, they're Um, called provinces, yeah. Provinces, and they visited four of the Great Lakes. And all of this was, like you said, to help christen the St. Lawrence Seaway. I mean, Jesus, it just tells you, you know, how long ago this was. I know. It's just... it's you just have incredible, the- and it. Yeah, I'm sorry, John. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say. I mean, I mean, you think of this. She was only seven years into her reign when they were making this giant. I think it was like 45 day tour. I mean, I can't even imagine what that would be like. And everywhere you go, there are receptions, and like we right. mentioned earlier, protocol. I mean, this is a huge deal, and I don't know why they chose Chicago. Maybe because it was the easiest one to get to on the boat. But, um, yeah, it was the only U.S. city they visited as part of this massive trip. And you've got this, <clears throat> you chronolo- you're setting out the timeline of the day starting at 10 a.m., Queen's Landing. I didn't know that we referred to uh, the jetty east of Buckingham Fountain as Queen's Landing. I've been here decades and never knew that. When I saw Queen's Landing, I thought, wait a minute, are we back at Game of Thrones? I mean, um... (laughs) Funny story, John. The whole reason I, like, started working on this project is because I was looking at a Google map one day. And if you look at a Google map near Buckingham Fountain, if you look to to the east of it, along the lakefront, it's called Queen's Landing. And, yeah, I kind of said (laughs) the same thing, like, what the heck is this? And so I started looking into it, and sure enough, it's it's where the queen came ashore uh, from the massive yacht, and there was just a huge reception. You know, you you played the clip of the the newsreel of, yeah. of their arrival, and just to see how many ships there were in Lake Michigan. I mean, it's funny because every time I go to Navy Pier or a place like that, I feel like you look out across Lake Michigan, and it feels like an ocean. You know, family right. that I have who come visit from California, they they often comment, oh, "That's a lake. It looks like yeah. an ocean." So yeah. I could only imagine. Imagine what, what it must have been like that day to have this this 
huge, massive amount of, of ships there to greet her. Um, so, yeah, that's where it all started. That's where she came ashore at this Queen's Landing. So if you, like us, <laughs> like John and me, didn't know that that was a thing, now you know it's a thing. And also, just to add really quickly, Buckingham Fountain is not named after Buckingham Palace. But that's another story that we'll get into at another time. Okay. Well, I look forward to that. So I found uh, in your article the portion that um, Tribune fashion reporter at the time, Mary Lou Luther, uh, really had her, wow. Uh, I mean. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, notes the queen is quote unquote overdressed by Chicago's standards. And this is this is my favorite Luther also calls the Queen's white, medium-height, white pumps, quote, a bit stocky by the current (laughs) stiletto standards. What is that? I mean, just to kind of set the scene for you, before the Queen's arrival, um, Jack Riley, who was the special events director at the time, was talking about, like, hey, Al Capone doesn't live here anymore. We're a big-time city. We're no longer the hog butcher of the world. Like, he was trying to play up that we are, Chicago's a worldly city. Like, we deserve to have a queen come visit us because we're a worldly city. And, yes. you know, we, here's where we are at this point. And so, on the contrast to that, to hear our fashion reporter being so just critical of what yeah. she was wearing at the time. And in the back of my head, I was thinking, like, God, this poor woman, everywhere she went, she was being critiqued about everything she was doing, what she was wearing, how she was acting. I can't even imagine what that must have been like. So for the the Chicago Tribune fashion reporter to be, you know, this critical of what she was wearing at the first stop, wow. I mean, that takes some guts. I just hope that as a community, as a city, as a state, and as a country, we have kept our current stiletto standards the- I can't even walk in stilettos. <laughs> I don't even know what they are, John. Jeez. Stiletto <laughs> standards. Oh my God. All right. So that's it. That you know, and all you know, I'm reading your article, Corey, and, you, and like you mentioned, they're on this schedule. They got to be here. They got to be there. And so at 11:19, she goes to Navy Pier for the Chicago International Trade Fair. Um, yeah. And yeah, they ride a great photo of, of them riding around they ride aboard electric carts huh <laughs> imagine That's that a way before their time electric carts and a 31 minute tour and then at 103 you've got them going to the ambassador west and it's it's just so nitpicky the queen arrives three minutes late <laughs> I mean, come on. That's just... Seriously, right? Yeah. yeah. A luncheon with Governor William Stratton at the Ambassador West. So, let's see. How many guests? 400? What did they have to... What were they eating at that particular... This is for lunch? Yeah, this is for lunch. I would have to take a nap after this. If I ate lamb and duck for lunch, both of them for lunch? Jeez. Absolutely, and waiters were wearing coats in hunting pink with black knee breeches, and the flat <laughs> wa- the flatware at the queen's table is made of solid gold, and a white satin pillow trimmed in gold is placed between beneath her chair for her feet to rest upon. 
My goodness. <laughs> you know, um, I worked in Toronto for a couple of years, which is a province, uh, which is a city in uh, Ontario, which is a province, which is in Canada, which is part of the British Empire. And, you know, the Canadian money has got the Queen's picture on it. Not George right. Washington. Yeah. And uh, there were some folks I was acquainted with <clears throat> who had like a private island. And uh, I believe it was Prince Margaret was going to come. And they bring wow. their own to- they bring their own toilet seats. <laughs> I'm not I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. So oh that's <laughs> that's probably not in the article, or maybe that was just TMI. <laughs> no one was able to talk about it then, but I'm guessing, I'm only assuming now, I can't guarantee it, but um, you never know. So fascinating, fascinating <laughs> stuff, John. But you're right, this is the type of stuff I want to know. Like, when a queen comes to visit, and she's only in town 14 hours, yeah. Right. What does she bring with her? I mean, obviously, she had multiple changes of clothes and whatever, yes. but... Ah, Toilet seats. Now we know. Well, I don't. I don't know. I can't say for sure. <laughs> there, there is there is word that apparently while she was here back then, she yes. had to make a dentist appointment. Oh yeah, that's part of this article. What what about that, Corey? Okay, so I found this fascinating for a bunch of reasons. But uh, so all of this pomp and circumstance and going around, we're taking her all over the place. Um, and she had a toothache, and so they found part of the day. It was later in the day where she had to meet a dentist. And from what I can tell, it was a dentist who was in the Drake Hotel. Um, so I don't know if he was called in from somewhere else. He was called Dr. Norman Olson of Glencoe. So I don't know if he had an office uh, in the Drake or if he had to be called in to help her. Um, so she had to get an emergency filling while she was here. <laughs> Excuse me, doctor. Yes. The queen requires a filling. What? <laughs> Doctor, yes. Have yeah. you ever heard of Elizabeth II? Second? Yeah. No. Why? What do you mean? The queen of England, Elizabeth II? Yes, do- Her? Dr. She's Norman- in the waiting room, sir. Really? Dr. Norman Olson of Glencoe. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I tried to see if I could find, uh, yeah. you know, any other to him or yeah. any other mention of him because what a great story it would have been you know like oh 10 goodness. years later 20 years later like yeah. here's what it was like because here's the thing i don't know anything about being a dentist but if i were a dentist and if i did that that would be on every advertisement that would be on my car that would be on my website seriously oh i <laughs> no I, I totally agree more with Corey uh on the queen's visit to Chicago coming up. Uh, in case you have not heard, Queen Elizabeth passed away earlier today, and we're talking with Corey Rumor from the Chicago Tribune, who mines the archives of that wonderful newspaper and has gone back to uh, July 6th, 1959, where the Queen uh, and Prince Philip um, visited Chicago for about, what was it, 15 hours, did you say, Corey? Yeah, Something about like 14, 15 hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, yeah. And she was pregnant. <gasps> yes, I was going to leave that as a cliffhanger before the oh. next commercial break. But yes, this was like a super, super big secret. Nobody knew at the time. Nobody knew. I think she was like three months pregnant with yes. uh, Prince 
Andrew with her third child. Um, so to imagine she was keeping up just this, the schedule uh, for 45 days, not just this 14 and 15 hour trip in Chicago, but for right. 45 days as part of this journey. I mean, it's just incredible. I, I remember what I felt like when I was three months pregnant and I wouldn't have been able to pull this off. <laughs> um, you know, I went back to the uh, fashion reporter, Murray Lou Luther, but she really had it in for the queen. She had, I mean, there's no other way to say it. Uh, knowing yeah. that the, the queen is overdressed by Chicago standards, debuting a, quote, full-skirted dress with matching sweetheart neckline bolero, a taffeta cummerbund sash in tones of beige and brown, provided, oh, the only touch of color, and, <clears throat> where's my other, lace dresses with scalloped hemlines and diamond brooches are not a familiar sight on State Street. Okay. How dare she? How dare she, indeed. She's the queen! <laughs> and you know what's interesting, John? You know, I mentioned earlier that oh, oh, last week I put together a newsletter on the 25th anniversary of Princess Diana's death. And yeah. the year before her death, she visited uh, Evanston and Chicago uh, right. as, 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 on invitation of Northwestern University. And you know, it was really similar. Like, when she first arrived, the stories the Tribune wrote, I hate to say, are condescending. And then yeah. uh, there's a there's a column by Mike Royko that said, you know, what do I care? Some broad comes to town. <laughs> I mean, he called her a broad. Oh, I know. You know, what do I care? You know, some broad wants to come here. I'm I'm against (laughs) cancer, too. She was in town to raise money for breast cancer research um, and ended up raising a million dollars in four days. But by the end of Princess Diana's trip, uh, everybody seemed to have been very impressed with her and the amount of time she spent with normal people while she was here in Chicago. So it's interesting to kind of see how those things parallel each other, how, you know, the queen comes to Chicago and, and how critical other women are of her and what she's wearing and what she's doing when, you know, I mean, I, I this be- was a big deal. And I believe uh, Princess Di danced with uh, John Travolta at the Field Museum. little trivia there. That was actually in D.C. Um, he danced with her in D.C. Oh. Um, here, he dan- she danced with Phil Donahue. Um, and I, and I, okay. No, it's okay. No, I initially thought the same thing before I started researching it. I'm like, oh, was John Travolta there? And so I was surprised when I didn't find that photo. So I think that was a different event, but I, I can't even imagine what it must be like to, to be in a situation like that where, you know, all eyes are on you and people are just waiting for you to mess up. You know, that fashion reporter from the tribute, you oh. know, she just wanted the queen to mess up. Right. Right. Absolutely. Cora rumor from the Chicago uh, Tribune is with us discussing uh, her article on the visit of uh, the late queen to the shores of Chicago back um, in July of 1959. Uh, Corey, by the way, tells stories using data and the Chicago Tribune archives. The Missouri School of Journalism graduate grew up in Des Plaines near the original McDonald's restaurant. <laughs> Just a little Corey <laughs> rumor trivia for you. Uh, you know, <laughs> thanks, John. I got another it's trivia true. thing here, reading your article. This, if, if, if this is true, here's, here's something for anyone to take to any kind of conversation in the next few days about the Queen. <clears throat> the trivia question is, where did the late Queen Elizabeth first see herself on color television? 
Uh-huh. Yeah. That's right. Totally true. It's totally, yeah. totally, totally true. So we're going through this timeline of the Queen's visit, and the furthest away from the loop that she got was the Museum of Science and Industry. And mm-hmm. so she gets there. One of the few color pictures we have is of her seeing herself on an RCA color television for the first time. Right. Um, in it was part of the museum's RCA exhibit. And so, yeah, it's it's really fascinating. And so if you really want to get a good look at the outfit she was wearing that the Tribune fashion reporter was so critical of, you can see it. And it's, I think she looks gorgeous. You know, I, I don't see anything wrong with it today. I, I don't know what the standards were in 1959. But, yeah, how cool is that? The first time she saw herself on a color television was at the Museum of Science and Industry. So she's got this schedule set out for her on this visit literally hour by hour um and eventually let's see she so she goes to the museum of science and industry then where did she go the uh art institute Institute. Mm -hmm. and was that where there was there was a bomb threat or was there a bomb yeah there was a bomb threat at the Museum of the Science and Industry. Oh, science and industry. that was actually okay. mentioned. Yeah, that was actually mentioned in the story the next day um, that there had been a bomb threat called in, but it was found to be not credible. So her tour there continued as planned. Well, how about that? Um, so they go to the Art Institute about four thirty-five, and then they're at the Drake by six fifteen. I mean, they're and moving. I thought this was interesting. You know, John, you talked about how uh, how the the queen probably brought a lot of her own comfort with her. Um, and remember, they had come ashore, I guess if you can call it that, yeah. um, at Buckingham Fountain around 10 a.m. So, I mean, they were running all over the city all day long. And so at the Drake, they actually had uh, some time to relax a little bit and prepare for the night's activities. Um, Apparently, the queen arrived with 17 pieces of luggage, so maybe you are right that she was bringing her own toilet seat. Now, I don't know if if the queen had a spare toilet seat stuck in that luggage. That is a pure conjecture (laughs) on our part uh, that is not backed by any kind of uh, serious journalism or facts whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That is true. We don't know that for sure. For all we know, it could be fake toilet seat news. We just don't know. <laughs> I just think it's really cool if you stay at the Drake, or if you want to stay at the Drake in the same suite that uh-huh. the Queen and Prince Philip stayed in. It's called the Sapphire Suite, and you can still stay there today. And I think it still has some of the furniture in it, some of the no things kidding. that she had wow. in the room way back then. Well, that's also where Di stayed when she was in town. She was at yes. the Drake. Yeah, that's because- correct. That's correct. Uh, I remember uh, she, I wasn't planning on it, but I was walking down Michigan Avenue and she was coming out um, to get into a limo and there was a crowd and it was, I mean, I was a block block away, but I could still tell that it was the princess. So yeah, the Drake is the, I guess is the place to go if you're visiting royalty. And then they had a dinner at 615 with seven governors, 24 member, 24 mayors, members of the Chicago City Council, and labor union leaders. Boy, try and get all those people together now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you I, know, mean, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the draw of the queen in 1959. Think about that for a second. I think everybody wanted to have a picture of yeah. themselves with her. You know, I mean, they put m- politics aside to get a, get a snap that. with the queen. Imagine that. <laughs> 
They didn't, and they didn't even know that they were called selfies at the time. What do you know? <laughs> well, you know, that's the really interesting thing about this is if this were to happen today, everybody would have a video on their phone. You know, yeah. like, like you said, even with Princess Diana, you know, had that happened today, you could have taken a picture or video with your phone and it would have been shared around the world. So to see how the Tribune covered it in this hour by hour way um, in the next newspaper was really fascinating. And to me, it felt like a little like social media before we had it. And I just want to give a shout out to our photo staff at the Chicago Tribune, especially one of our photo editors, Marianne Mather. I mean, she was able to dig out most of the photos that are in the story that uh, that I put together that you mentioned, John, those come directly from the Chicago Tribune's archives, and uh, a lot of people have been asking us for them today. Um, but it just made me appreciate how much history there is in our archive, and I oh, love yes. being able to share it. I love being able to share it whenever we can. Oh, amen to that. And I'm just looking at what, what I was just mentioning, and the seven governors, the 24 members, the mayor's, members of the city council, and then it gets to labor union leaders arriving at the Drake to have dinner with the queen. Mm-hmm. Labor and the queen of England. Uh, yeah, right? And, and prime ministers and queens and labor party uh, and the conservative party in England just recently uh, have a new prime minister and Royalty and unions do not usually mix well, at least in my perception of history in England. Um, right. So, yeah, my history, my grasp of history is also limited. But I am curious, you know, now that the queen is gone and there's yeah. a king who will be officially coronated at some point, but, you know, he took over. I'm curious how many Commonwealth nations are going to fall away, um, mm. don't want to mm. be associated with it anymore. I mean, right, right, this is right, a fascinating right. part about history. It's like, yeah. where do we go from here? Like, this is definitely an important part. And, you know, I, I've seen some people criti- criticize, you know, why do you care so much about the royals? You know, isn't this why we're America? Because we don't want to have a monarchy here. And it's like, I, be- I, I just find it fascinating because it is so different from our way of life here. But at the same time, they face a lot of the challenges, you know, politically that that we do. So I am curious. I'm curious you know, what's going to happen next. That's just somebody bellyaching. The United States and people in the United States have had a fascination with England ever since the Revolution. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Take a look at People, yeah. Mag- people Magazine. The stories mm-hmm. on the royals every single week. The kids, what are they doing? Where's this? Where's that? What did that person say? Uh, yeah, okay. We're we're not a monarchy, but please, don't try to tell yeah. me that. And I'm sure there are plenty of anti-royals in the United States, just there are plenty of anti-royals in England and Ireland and across the world. But, you know, there's still the fascination with it. There's, there's just no way that you can get around it. And it's not just Queen Elizabeth. It's all her relatives that have come since then and what they're doing. I mean, I don't know. Absolutely. It, I, I mean, mean it, you don't, it, who knows? Meghan Markle would be, could be coming to town. You know, the Duchess of Sussex could be coming to town because she's a Northwestern grad. You just never know. You never know. And we're going to do some more with Corey when we come back. Uh, have we been taking a break? No. On 720 WGN, we're saying uh, thank you, Adele. 
750 WGN with John Landecker and Corey Rumor from the Chicago Tribune. Uh, going over the timeline of uh, the late Queen Elizabeth's visit to Chicago on uh, July 7th, 1959. And Corey, as we've said before, mines the archives of the Trib. And they obviously covered this event. And that's the basis of this timeline. And there are so many, and I'm sure this, you must feel the same way, Corey. There are so many little hidden gems in this timeline that I find to be, uh, quite frankly, amusing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's why know, I picked them, John. I'm glad you, I'm glad you feel that way. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, the, the fashion editor making a comment on stiletto standards, for instance, that's like, that just cracks me up. Uh, the, the idea that she uh, had to have a dentist from Glencoe uh, fix an emergency filling or whatever it was. The fact that she yeah. was pr- pregnant. And then it's, I, I just you just never know. Okay. So they're going down. <laughs> they're having dinner at the Drake. And it's a big one, right? I mean, we've got like how many people at the Drake? A thousand? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, well, we're done at the Drake. She had a big reception at the Drake, and then they all go to the Conrad Hilton Hotel, which I've heard so much Ah, about, or read so much about. Right, 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 right. That's It was a big deal, too. Yeah, the 1,200 guests gather at the Hilton um, to dine on courses named in honor of the locks of the newly opened St. Lawrence Seaway. So what is that, a lot of salmon, then? Uh, get, it. Uh, get a lot of locks. Get it, a lot of locks. All right, thank you. All right. And then you write, it takes 41 men to place 51,000 roses inside the hotel's grand ballroom. And preparation time is constrained since the space isn't vacated by the benevolent protective order of Elks until noon. And I just like that, what? That, that, doesn't that remind you of like a cartoon show? What are you talking? This is just like it's so great. You can't I, you cannot make that up. We've got the Queen Ooh. coming in. Yeah, but I'm sorry, the protective order of the Elks, not they're not out the Elks haven't left yet. <laughs> tell the motor tell the Queen just to chill. I mean, it's just Wow. How great. That's just a great job that you do, Corey. I mean, it's just so, I mean, these historical tidbits are just something else. They're just something else. You know, the reporters throughout, you know, the Tribune turned 175 years old this year, and I got it. I just try to highlight what people who've come before me have done because their work is so awesome. I I have a question. You got a minute. (laughs) Okay. What would your expectations be of a meeting that never happened between Queen Elizabeth and the only U.S. president she didn't meet, Lyndon Baines Johnson? No kidding. Wow. Why didn't they meet? Don't know. But can you imagine what that could have looked like with his gift for the English language? (laughs) I mean, there there is a phone call circulating somewhere of him talking to a tailor while he's in a bathroom 
about how he'd like a pair of pansies ordered to be cut to give him some breathing room, if you get my drift. <laughs> well, now, there's he another... was also wearing a cowboy hat at that time. Probably. Yeah, I, and that, I and that's all. That. And that's all. There's the cowboy and. That, no, I mean, so, as the story was told to me, Johnson was on the toilet, on the phone, at the time, with this call, which is like, what? No wonder hey, the man, queen... when he gets to be high baby, yeah, he's do whatever he wants. Hey, listen, when you gotta go, you gotta go. I don't care whether you're the president or the, the queen. No, maybe that's why the... No wonder the queen didn't meet him. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Corey... Always great to talk to you. Thanks so much. Thanks again. Right back at you. Thanks, guys.